0: Welcome everyone, it's Pastor Cooper, and I wanted to welcome you to uh, Cheney Faith Center's new podcast called The Midweek, and simply it's going to be um, a conversation with Pastor Mark and myself, some other guests, um, and we're going to just dialogue more on what we spoke of during the Sunday message or things in our certain cultural moment that just deserve some space to just dialogue some more from a biblical perspective. And so um, this is going to happen throughout the midweek. We're going to hopefully release this about every Wednesday and just to give us a chance to just have some more um, things to help us know Jesus and live for him daily. If podcasts are your thing, uh, maybe this will help just in your discipleship as you own your faith. Um, so yeah, we are excited about this and we're also looking for feedback. So if you're listening to this, um, let us know, or maybe there's some things that you want us to talk through and, um, yeah, just to bring some biblical perspective and thought too. So yeah. So with that, this is what this week's episode is going to be. All right. Well, this week's episode, we're going to be talking about, uh, chapter 15 in First Corinthians. This is our last chapter that we're doing in our study of First Corinthians. Um, there's one more chapter after this, but it's really kind of just like a big, like goodbye letter, um, kind of that Paul does. And so we're closing up our whole study in First Corinthians. It's been 15 weeks, which has been really, really cool. And so we're going to hear from Pastor Mark a little bit more about some of the interesting parts of of chapter Chapter 15. 15. Um, It was, again, a great message um, this last Sunday, so you can always refer back to that um, just to hear what Mark was talking about in terms of the resurrection and what Paul has given direction in that. Um, But I think right now we should give a little updates on how our uh, football teams are doing. (laughs) Why would we want to update that? (laughs) You are known um, as a 49ers fan.
1: I would say nothing to update.
0: <laughs> oh yes, yes, and I'm known uh, more recently. I've I've come out. You've come out, yes, <laughs> as a Vikings fan. I've always been a Vikings fan. Yeah, um, but you know, but now it's worth it. <laughs> yes, yes, but man, it's not looking good this year either. Um, yeah, our 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 chosen one, Kirk Cousins, as quarterback, uh, the the hundred million dollar man. Yes, is. Not playing $100 million worth.
1: <laughs> no, he's not. Yeah.
0: But it's all right. It's all right. It's all yeah. right. I still I still remember last year uh, in the playoffs, you came over to my parents' house, <laughs> and we watched the 49ers and <laughs> the, the, the Vikings play. And I will say, uh, Mark is a very competitive person, but I watched him restrain himself <laughs> because the 49ers were walloping the Vikings, and my dad slowly sunk <laughs> in his chair just watching the Vikings crumble. And Mark was just like, okay, I see the situation. I'm not going to... Yeah. I'm not Hey, gonna.
1: are those crackers and cheese over there? <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, whew, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, that's true. But, this year would be the other way around for sure. <laughs> uh, you never know. You never
0: know. Well, but,
1: I think it was the lowest of the low last week when they played. And um, of the 29 starters that were there, or the 29 players in the uh, Super Bowl last year, not one of them was available to play. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So it was like, oh, my gosh. We have yeah. been completely decimated yes. by injuries. Yes, So Well, yeah. this
0: week is Thanksgiving. Yes, happy um, Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah. and so last week we talked about deep frying meat and yes. butter, gosh, turkeys, gotta have all that it. good stuff. So I'm assuming that's happening, that's in, happening. in the post household yep. this week. Um, but also, I'm kind of curious, what are some – Like traditions that you guys do, like a lot of times this is is 2020, so Mm -hmm. I think traditions have been kind of thrown out for for the most part. But usually, like I know for my family, it's like Thanksgiving's when we start playing Christmas music and kind of do all that stuff. Yep. This year we're like, no, (laughs) it was like after Halloween, literally the day after. Yeah. I was like, we're doing we're doing Christmas Mm -hmm. music. Um. But what's some of those little kind of traditions that you guys traditions that we
1: have? Mm -hmm. Oh. well, I think we have some like that, too. Um, a lot of times we will do some Black Friday shopping. Um, I think it's been a little bit more of our tradition to do it on Thanksgiving Day since a lot of the sales are happening in the evening now. And then we get Friday all day off, mm-hmm. uh, which has been a little bit fun. Watching some football. Obviously, like to do mm-hmm. that. We have, you know, just... Love to have family over and things like that. Um, we have done things in the past, like uh, a baking contest. We did a, like a dessert baking contest mm-hmm. one year, and we did a um, talent show one year. Ooh, what was uh, your talent? Yeah. Um, I can't remember. <laughs> uh, maybe I played my guitar and sang a song or something. Nice. But I'm I, I'm not really good at talent shows, so <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I don't think my talents are that. uh, that showy um so
0: you didn't do your special dance
1: no i did not do my special dance yes that's that's more ridiculousness than (laughs) talent um and so uh what else do we do you know we we love to eat and then we love to snack Mm -hmm. on stuff later and just uh just have a good time pretty much a relaxed day and then um and then a lot of times, although this year we're, we're doing it earlier, we've already done part of it, but it's normally a big weekend where we decorate for Christmas, you mm-hmm. know, like bring all the boxes in and yeah. start getting stuff out in the house. But this year we've done a little early. We were doing that this weekend and mm-hmm. got lights up and, um, got stuff out inside. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's been pretty fun. Very nice. Yeah. Very
0: nice. Cool. Oh, you know what? I forgot to start the timer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we <laughs> got to the... <laughs> start the timer. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So let's just assume yeah. that we have about four minutes already in. Mm-hmm. So I'll stop us around that. Sounds time great. Yeah. With it. Um, well, cool. Well, I think what we're going to do is just jump into some of our discussions, some of our questions. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the first questions that's kind of I was thinking, um, and from your message and stuff, we're talking about the resurrection in chapter yeah. 15 of 1 Corinthians. And it seems like in the church or as believers, we just don't talk about the resurrection that much. We, I mean, we do like Easter for sure, yeah. but we really like major on the death of Jesus. Now, Jesus right. died for our sins, and, mm-hmm. which is totally the perfect theology. But we just don't really talk much about he also rose right. <laughs> and yeah. like the importance of that yeah. a lot of times. We kind of focus yeah. on his death on the cross and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, So why is that, that we just don't talk much about the resurrection, maybe as much as we talk about the death of Jesus?
1: Right. Well, hey, that's that's a great question. I was thinking about that question as we were pondering things and working through things. And um, I I do think maybe it's one of those things that we need to do a better job of, I would say for sure, Mm -hmm. because he points out hear really clearly that it is the resurrection that saves us mm-hmm. uh, and the fact that jesus rose from the dead is what takes us into eternity because now we're following somebody mm-hmm. that death cannot <laughs> conquer him right so death cannot conquer mm-hmm. itself in us and death doesn't have power over us or a hold on us romans 8 12 8 t- tells us um mm-hmm. so that's what we have in Christ. So it probably is something we need to talk a lot more about. I think maybe, uh, it's kind of like a chicken, chicken or the egg mm, thing, you know, yeah, which yeah, comes first. Sure. Like obviously you need the death to have the resurrection, which is more important. Uh, I, I was thinking about also, it seems like even prophetically from the old Testament, there's more prophetic material about his death than his resurrection. Mm. It's interesting in that, um, context yeah. as well. But I think maybe, The cross just has a little bit more symbolism wrapped Mm -hmm. up in it, sure. Uh, you know, there's a very definite, I mean,
0: it's around our culture. Oh, yeah, I
1: mean, the cross is one of the most recognized symbols in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it it tends to have a little bit more attached to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, the whole idea of somebody dying for you, Mm -hmm. you know, is such a powerful thing. I think we connect with that maybe a little bit more and maybe just the fact also that uh, the enemy of our soul knows that the power is in the Mm. resurrection and maybe he wants us to spend more time on the cross than on the resurrection. So um, I would say moving forward we need to do probably a much better job in the church of connecting the two, always talking Mm -hmm. about the two together. Uh, And even when you're just preaching a message and just talking, like Mm -hmm. if you talk about the death, you should connect the resurrection to it. Because I I think that's what Paul does here in 15 and Mm -hmm. really is pounding on that and making it something that is very, very important in their lives and helping them understand it. I also think chapter 15 is here because... Apparently, at least some people were preaching, and the church was believing that you actually couldn't be raised from the dead. Mm-hmm. So uh, apparently, there must have been some sort of teaching or some theological, yeah. some faulty theological things that had gotten into the church here. And Paul's making a huge point that wait a second, mm-hmm. if if you can't be resurrected from the dead, and Christ wasn't resurrected from the dead, then what are we thinking? What are we doing? The gospel is futile then. Mm -hmm. And we're hopeless. And that's foolishness to even think that. And that's not the gospel I preached to you and Mm -hmm. that you received and that you believed and that you're holding firmly to. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think Paul's also, the reason it's such an important piece here as well is because there had been some theology that had kind of seeped its way into the church. And Paul had to correct this because it's huge. It's, Mm Our our salvation is based on the resurrection of yeah. Jesus Christ yeah. and his death. And but um, to to disregard the resurrection or the idea that somebody could come back to life mm-hmm. means that Jesus hasn't didn't and we won't either. Mm-hmm. So uh, he needs to make a very very pointed conversation and argument here that we need to believe in baptism yeah. or that we need to believe in the resurrection. Yeah. So yeah. which is super important.
0: That's good. Yeah, I was also really, I mean, I just love the the little reminders that you get when you read the text and you like forget about, you mentioned this on your uh, message too yesterday, like verses three, four, five, and six. Yeah. When he's saying like, hey, like here's basically the gospel, you know, Jesus died, but he also rose. And according to the scriptures, he appeared to, to um, Cephas and to the 12, so Peter and the disciples, and then he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters, and you're like, wait. That happened? Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, that's right. Like, yeah, it ascension. wasn't just like this, like, hidden little thing that right. Jesus, like, appeared to only, like, a select few. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a lot of people to, like, testify and see eyewitness accounts. Right. And they're written about, too. It's like the first person witness. Like, court of law,
1: mm-hmm. that
0: is, like, that's your best thing, right? Eyewitness. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we saw him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, right. he's alive. Yeah. As, I don't know. as you were preaching that, I was like, that's right, like... Five hundred is a lot. Yes, yes, especially (laughs) for back then. You know, that's before social media and like Instagram Live. I mean, I'm sure if it was Instagram Live time, this would be a viral video. Like this dude's Mm -hmm. alive. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. It's just a really cool reminder um, in that that this is this is real. This Mm -hmm. is good, and Jesus did rise from the dead. This is Mm -hmm. not just a make believe fairy tale. This is eyewitness accounts of things that happened.
1: Yeah, and eyewitness accounts back then were like the most important mm-hmm. thing ever. Totally. Yeah. Because like you said, we didn't have technology, we didn't have things. Even a lot of times a lot of things weren't written down. Mm-hmm. So you didn't even have a paper trail. Yeah. You literally had an eyewitness account. So if you were in a court and you had an eyewitness account, it was everything. Yeah. I mean, it was like mm-hmm. slam dunk this yeah. case. And to say, well, we've got about 500 plus witnesses, eyewitnesses mm-hmm. yeah. of him being resurrected from the dead makes it uh, the biggest slam dunk in all oh, of history. Oh, yeah, totally. So, um,
0: and it's written about by multiple yes, people. yeah. And yeah. believed upon yeah.
1: for 2,000 years now. Yep, yeah. So, uh, it's huge. It's huge,
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, um, as people are reading through this text in their journals and taking notes, um, one of the things that has stumped me a lot, and we'll just briefly talk about it, because I know it's kind of one of those open-ended, like, we don't know type of things. Right, yeah. But coming down into uh, verse 29, Paul kind of just uh, takes a random, 29. like, <laughs> like what what's going on here? So I'll read 28 and just come down into, like, verse 30 or whatever. So when he has done this, then the Son himself will be made subject to him who put everything under him so that God may be all in all. Verse 29. Now, if there is no resurrection, what will those do who are baptized for the dead? If the dead are not raised at all, why are people baptized for them? So it's like, wait, is Paul saying that like we should like baptize for people who have already died, so that they would be like resurrected, you know, when Jesus comes back or whatever? Right. Because as you take it like in literal sense, you're like, I think that's what he's saying, but we don't see this anywhere else in Scripture. And Paul mm-hmm. never even mentions it anywhere else in Scripture. So maybe just give us a quick hermeneutical pastoral, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like what do, what, what, what do you is do going with on here? A passage like this that's yes. just kind of like, uh,
1: like a one-off. Yeah, a one-off. Yeah, like totally. what in the world? I've never read anything yeah. about this anywhere else mm-hmm. ever. Um, yeah. So this verse has many problems and many challenges mm-hmm. because um, first of all, you read it and you go what in the world is he talking about? Is this, what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. So um, the challenge is most scholars and theologians, we really don't have any idea what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, it probably has uh, a large amount of context that we just don't know. We don't understand the historical context. We don't know what was happening in the church. Uh, Paul doesn't seem to say, stop doing this, which is really odd, especially in the book of first Corinthians, because he's telling them to stop doing so many other things. things. So why would he, it doesn't seem like he's encouraging it, but he's also not saying stop doing this.
0: So like he himself isn't doing it because he's
1: he's not doing it. Yeah.
0: Taking himself out of of
1: it. it, Yeah. So it it really is a challenge. Um, There's a couple problems. Uh, One of them is there's no historical or biblical precedence for such a baptism. And the New Testament is completely silent about this anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Therein lies the first challenge uh, and probably the biggest challenge. Whenever we come across a verse and you read a verse that you're baffled about and you're like, huh. The first thing you always do is you look for context Mm -hmm. in that chapter. Okay. So you read the context of the chapter and you're still like, huh, don't get it. Don't understand verse 29 mm-hmm. at all. You know what we should do? We should look for other verses like this in the New mm-hmm. Testament to prove it or disprove it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Therein lies our second problem. We have nothing. Mm-hmm. We go everywhere else in the New Testament. Even go into the Old Testament, doesn't matter. We have no precedence for this. Mm-hmm. There's no stories historically in the New Testament church in the second, third century of anybody doing this. Um, So it's totally weird. It doesn't make any sense. And there's no context for it anywhere in the New Mm -hmm. Testament. So we can't look at other verses and say, oh, hey, this verse talks about that too. And so does this verse over here. Mm -hmm. And hey, here's four or five verses that we have that all talk about this same theological concept. Mm -hmm. We can make a good argument for that. We call that soteriology. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we can make a good argument based on the context of other writings and other people talking about it, especially when you have someone like Paul talking about a theological concept and John talks about that exact same theological Mm -hmm. concept and Peter talks about that same theological concept. You're like, okay, this was a fairly embedded theological concept Mm -hmm. in the new Testament church, but this is, it's absolutely nonsense. Mm -hmm. So we have lots of challenges like who was being baptized for whom was the baptism? Why were they doing it? What effects were happening as a result Mm -hmm. of it? And then the second problem is theological because it's, It's a contradiction to everything Paul says everywhere else theologically about um, like when we die, we immediately, we we don't, that's it. It's over. Like when we die, we're going right to judgment. So Mm -hmm. there's no hope or opportunity for anything else in our salvation or eternal decision once we've passed away. It's it's the theologically in mm-hmm. the New Testament pretty clear that the choice that we have to be saved is in this lifetime mm-hmm. not the next. Right. And so everything about this to be honest theologically practically contextually mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. Right. right yeah. So everybody this is like one of those verses and there's mm-hmm. several in Scripture where pretty much everybody just goes we have no idea what's happening mm-hmm. here.
0: Yeah, 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 and I think um, like we were talking earlier, this is like a verse that the Mormon Church kind of majors on. Yes, it does in their theology, yeah. which is wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just to say it yeah. point blank, mm-hmm. like they're not doing a good yeah. hermeneutical study or of Correct. biblical theology in yeah. this, and they practice this within their Mormon temple, and they do. They even add some other kind of really, I would say demonic things like mm-hmm. with it, you know, like it's just not mm-hmm. good. Yeah. With just yeah, it, it's just oh there's a whole bunny trail we can go down, which we're right. not going to, but yeah, um yeah, those are things that um I think if anybody is doing good biblical theology, they would look at like you said, a verse like that, say, huh, this doesn't line up with anywhere else. That's something that yeah. we need to mm-hmm. not major on right and really even apply mm-hmm. because it's not
1: Yeah. And I would say that's good. Theological practice for us Mm -hmm. as believers. Yeah. Um, I I try to do this as often as possible. I I try not to use one verse to make my argument about anything. Yeah. Use multiple verses Mm -hmm. to make your argument about whatever you're talking about in Scripture. Mm -hmm. Um, Because one verse, boy, that's tough. You you want it to be supported by lots of verses in Scripture. And this is a great example of how we should do things correctly theologically. Yeah.
0: Um, well, I want to go down a little bit in, in the text as well. Um, yeah. There's a whole large section where Paul talks about the resurrection body. Yeah. And, and I think it would be, I would love to hear from you mm-hmm. just, you know, what, is this like literal things that we should take um, for us, like in our in our theology, like even mm-hmm. like how we we're just talking about theological things. Should we take these things literal that Paul's saying, or are these just more of like his Thoughts towards it. And so I want to just read a little bit in verse 38, 39, 40, 41. This is in the the, uh, the NIV, and Paul says this. But God gives it a body as he has determined, and to each kind of seed he gives it its own body. Verse 39 Not all flesh is the same. People have one kind of flesh, animals have another, birds another, and fish another. Verse 40. There are also heavenly bodies and there are earthly bodies. The splendor of the heavenly bodies is one kind, the splendor of earthly bodies is another. Sun so is one kind of splendor, the moon another, and the stars another, and the stars differ from star in splendor. And he goes on even further, and it kind of gives this thing of like, we're going to have new bodies up in right. heaven. Yeah. There's a separation of our physical bodies and a spiritual body. And so, like, what should we take as as Christians as we read through this um, and what Paul is teaching on and preaching on when it comes to our bodies and our bodies, the yeah. resurrection and yeah. all that stuff?
1: Well, I think that's good. Their, their original question is, uh, you know, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come uh, or will, will we have mm-hmm. in eternity? And I think that's a good question. Paul makes some good points here and points out that, uh, you know, I think the key is the, what you said in verse 38, but God gives it a body <laughs> as he has determined. Mm-hmm. We have to remember that the body we're in right now, this is the body that God determined for me. Uh, this physical body that I'm in right now that I was born with, God created it. God knew about it. God knows everything about my body. Mm -hmm. And so I have to put that as my, my baseline. Okay. That God created it. God knows everything about it. And by the way, God can create anything from nothing. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about an all creative God that is all powerful Mm -hmm. and can do anything he wants. Now he knows what's best for me he knows what's best. And we're, we're also reminded in this section that my body is really just a house. It's just, it's just Mm -hmm. a tent for, um, my soul, Mm -hmm. the person that I really am, uh, the person created in the image of God. That's, that's my, that's my real person. Mm -hmm. My real person is my soul and my spirit, my mind, Mm -hmm. not necessarily my body. It's just what's housing all of that. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it makes sense that Paul would lay out that there is a natural body and there's also a spiritual body that he talks about in verse 44.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Right. And that God knows what he's doing and that, you know, I think it makes sense. And we would all Mm -hmm. understand in a very common way that this body that we are born in now, this physical body we have here on earth is not designed to last for eternity. Mm -hmm. We we're, barely seen people make it past 100 years. In fact, Mm -hmm. it's quite an accomplishment if you make it to 100 years. Uh, So those things are, we we know it's just not going to last. And so what Paul is laying out here is that if you have some sort of idea that the body you live in now is going to be the body that you take into eternity, that that's not true. So we do take this literally, what we literally believe it to mean is that the body that we have now it will just be here it'll just decay mm-hmm. in the earth and it'll stay here my soul will be raised to le- newness of life with Christ mm-hmm. and I will inherit a new body that will be glorious will be mm-hmm. spectacular uh, it will be different and it will allow us to live forever with Christ and in further down the new body will be imperishable mm-hmm. not perishable right it'll be It'll be immortal, not mortal. Mm-hmm. So we take those things literal because we understand in a very common sense way that obviously I'd have to have an imperishable and an immortal body right. that could last literally
0: right. forever. Yeah. I remember as a kid, um, my mom calling into the Christian radio station. Um and it was so cool because we heard her on the radio. But she had a real question <laughs> yeah. um about like cremation. Yes. Um and and you even mm-hmm. mentioned that this is a section that maybe some people might yeah. say, Hey, you shouldn't get cremated because God needs your physical body to raise mm-hmm. up and all this stuff. So my mom asked that question on yeah. Christian radio. It was like Moody or one oh four point nine, whatever it was. Yeah. And the guy basically said it's okay. Like, yeah, you know, and it yeah. had kind of a, had, had, had a theology towards it. Yeah. Also just a practical sense of like, there's been millions of Christians who yep. have been burned alive as yes. a martyr. Yep. <laughs> like, Boy, it stinks to be that martyr who <laughs> yeah. doesn't get to go to heaven now because like, I was burned yeah, at the stake. <laughs> yeah. And I, we see in scripture that the martyrs are going to be raised up, yes. like in heaven. So yeah. we kind of like, okay, like that doesn't, connect either for cremation, yeah. you're not gonna get raised and stuff, but maybe just give some other thoughts towards maybe that question of yeah um, cremation and mm-hmm. your body's, you know, gone essentially mm-hmm. and all that stuff.
1: Yeah. And I think it, it comes from those the verses here that talk about um, the body being a seed. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, in verse thirty seven, when you sow, who do you, you do not plant the body that you will be, but just a seed, perhaps a weeder of something else. Uh, And I think what some people have taken that to mean is that somehow I need part of this body to stay behind Mm -hmm. as like a seed. Um, But uh, (laughs) the reality is, even if I put this body in the ground, um, or let's say we choose one of our favorite Old Testament heroes, if their body was put in the ground, do you think we could go dig it up somewhere? Probably not. Their Mm -hmm. body's 4,000 years old. It's probably completely decayed at this Mm -hmm. point. Um. So even that idea of having to keep my body around Mm -hmm. eventually is going to decay. Mm -hmm. It's it's not accurate, so I'm not going to put it behind. I think it also limits God. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have to remember that God's doing what God's doing. And if we say, well, I've got to leave some of this behind because then God will have something to do use for my next body. Well, we believe in a creative God that created all of this from nothing. Mm -hmm. So he can create my imperishable body and my immortal body from nothing if he wants to as Mm -hmm. well. So this is what God's doing. It's the work of God that he's doing in eternity. Mm -hmm. And so I think we can know that he's in control and yeah, it would not make a lot of sense that, you know, a lot of people were burned at the stake or um, Mm -hmm. literally went through horrific torture for Christ. Right, right. And to think that they would not make it simply
0: because of a verse like this doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't connect in the whole of no, Scripture. not at all. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in the kind of the same section, but a little bit further down, so verse 50 and 51, um, it kind of leads us into some thoughts about end times yeah. theology a little bit. And I guess we would say like, like the rapture. Um, yeah. So let me read verse 50 and 51 and 52. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inher- inherit the per- imperishable. We've kind of been talking about that right. all previously. <coughs> Excuse me. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep. So I would think. Death, right? We're not Correct. all going to die. Yeah, that's his term. But for death. we will all be changed mm-hmm. in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. The trumpet will sound. The dead will be raised imperishable, and we will all be changed. Yeah. So what's what? Good. I guess what's what's being said there. <laughs> Good. Well,
1: I mean, I think Paul is making reference to Christ coming back. Yeah this moment when Jesus will come back, there must have been some sort of question they had there. Mm -hmm. He doesn't put the question in there, but, uh, maybe there was some sort of question that Mm -hmm. the person who came back and visited him said, Hey, here's one of the things they're thinking that maybe they need their body around, or maybe they need to stay alive till Jesus comes back. We're not really totally sure here, but, um, I think what he's reassuring them is that God's in control Mm -hmm. and that, um, all of us are going to be changed, whether you've passed away or whether you're still alive. Mm -hmm. Either way, when Christ comes back, you will be raised with him, Mm -hmm. whether you're already dead or whether you're not asleep. Mm -hmm. So he's making this point that all of us will be raised with him. And maybe the question would have been, what about our brothers and sisters that have passed away, Mm -hmm. you know, and Christ comes back, um, will they miss it? Mm -hmm. Will they not be able to be a part of it because their body is in the ground and it's been decaying and it's now there's nothing for them to raise. Uh, That's brought up in Mm -hmm. one of the questions. And so they're wondering about that. And so Paul makes some clarity there. Uh, But I think what is really important for us to remember in this is that this is a real moment in, in either our present or our, our future as well, yeah. is that there will be a moment that in a flash, in a twinkling of an eye, a last trumpet will be sounded mm-hmm. and Christ is coming back and he's redeeming the church and he's starting everything uh, to make everything right. Mm-hmm. He's, he's going yeah. to start his kingdom and, and, uh, it won't be a spiritual one anymore. It will be physical, mm-hmm. and it'll be physical on earth, and it'll be physical everywhere in the universe, yeah. and we will see it. And yeah. so we have to be ready for that. And I think that that's what's important, too, is that at the end, he says, you know, hey, brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let mm-hmm. nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's something for us to remember. What's our response to the fact that Jesus could come back today or tomorrow? Or this afternoon, our response should be, "I'm going to stand firm, and I'm going to, I'm going all out for Jesus." Yeah,
0: yeah, and he he mentions kind of this theology in First Thessalonians yep. chapter four, I think. Yes. About how we'll be caught up yep. in the air mm-hmm. and stuff. So it seems like he was really saying, like, "Yeah, yeah. Jesus is going to come back, and it's going to be like this massive, just yeah. like, yeah, you know, thing." And. Um, we're all going to be changed, yeah. you know. So it seems like that's what he mm-hmm. was saying. Yeah, and yes. when we
1: look at all the prophecies that have that we have in the New Testament about when Jesus will come mm-hmm. back, it does seem like we've fulfilled most, if not yeah. all, mm-hmm. that we're at a place where, uh, just structurally as as a people, as a mankind, mm-hmm. um, we're we're pretty much there. We're pretty ready. Mm-hmm for Jesus to come back some of the yeah. things I think we're still waiting for might be like has the gospel reached every tribe, nation mm-hmm. and tongue I think we're we're pretty we're pretty short now almost yeah. everybody has heard yeah. the gospel and had opportunity to get saved yeah. um, in you, one generation or, a a or another right now. No, I don't want do to be you want to do you wanna mark it right now and say
0: <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is what's going to happen
1: <laughs> 2021 reasons for Jesus is coming back yeah, in 2021
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah hey if you write that book if it's just 10 pages oh, you'll gosh, sell, a I'll sell a million copies yeah, yeah. Why why uh, twenty twenty was the year of tribulation for yes. the sign of the mark of the beast, Daniel, <laughs> oh, whatever. You just throw out all those terms and yes. people will be like, oh
1: yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. People will agree. <laughs> yeah. But Jesus was very clear. Uh I don't know and you don't know. Yeah. And um Go I love think your neighbor. Need, yeah, and and right. The Go <laughs> be a witness to the ends of the earth. So yeah. uh, that's Acts chapter one. So I think that's important for us to remember that that's the most important thing. The most important thing is not figuring out when Jesus is coming back. The most important thing is my neighbor's not saved. Mm -hmm. My neighbor doesn't know Jesus. Ten thousand people here in Cheney don't Mm -hmm. know don't know Christ. There's you know ten thousand college students at EWU that don't know Mm -hmm. Jesus. And um and there's a couple billion people on the planet that mm-hmm. don't know him either and yeah. they need opportunity and we need to be involved in that. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah I, I love that last verse that you were just talking about um in this chapter the stand firm, let nothing move you always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because yeah. you know that your labor and the Lord is not in vain and man I think in 2020 we can let a lot of things move us we can pretty easily. Because there's so many opinions and this and that, but I I just love how true the words of scripture are for all ages, Mm -hmm. you know, because obviously he's talking to the church in Corinth, but man, this speaks to us. Yes, it does. (laughs) Like stand firm because there is so much garbage going on. Let nothing move you and continue to work for the Lord because Mm -hmm. you know your labor is not in vain. Yeah. That's a good reminder. It is good reminder. As people of the faith. Well, I want to also end um, just with a kind of a generalization question. Mm-hmm. So we've officially capped off our series in 1 Corinthians. This week we're kind of finishing up our journal readings. And next Sunday we're going to start our Advent series. Yeah. Um, but what's been kind of like your big takeaway from our study in 1 Corinthians? Yeah. Kind of like that, you know, one-sentence Mm-hmm. Summer, or, you know, kind of like what's that? What's that big thing that you've yeah, just really big, been like? The big oh, thing. I've learned a lot in this yeah. way or something.
1: Yeah. Well, I think my big takeaway has been um, understanding that this letter helps us better become the people of God. Mm-hmm. That we are called to be the church, and we are called to be in unity together. I'm. Um, I was. I know that's focused on a lot at the beginning of the, Mm -hmm. of the book of the letter. And then the rest of the letter really kind of midway through and and the end of the letter is all about directions and things that they were doing that were kind of ruining that unity. And so I think one of the things I walked away with was just how much Paul talks about that this community that we are in called the church and Mm -hmm. called the body of believers Is absolutely the most important thing on earth, uh, that we are a community of people that are not meant to be hurting one another, Mm -hmm. disagreeing with one another, um, running away from one another, not forgiving one another. We're meant to be a people that are literally revealing Jesus Christ to the world. Mm -hmm. And we actually do that in the way we treat one another, Mm -hmm. in the way we live together, in the way we, um, just do life together. And I think that it was interesting that we walked through this in 2020 when there seemed to be a lot of that
0: Mm -hmm.
1: pressure to, you know, uh, what church should I be a part of? Mm -hmm. Should I go be with this one or should I stay here or what what should I do? And I think that that was being challenged, Mm -hmm. um, a lot in each of our hearts and minds. And I think what what Paul is saying is, hey, that the local church is so important and mm-hmm. you have such a powerful mission yeah. of being uh, the representation of Jesus Christ to the world. And therefore, you have to think very honestly mm-hmm. and very purposefully about what you're doing. And uh, in, in a world where, you know, I think as Americans, we we tend to do what we like to do and mm-hmm. what we want to do. Um, and life is a little bit more on that Mm -hmm. end of the spectrum that I should get the freedom to do whatever I want to do instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to focus fully on what the Lord wants me to do. Mm -hmm. And if the Lord wants me to be in this spot, I I should stay there and be there. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that really has popped out to me a lot. And that, and then all the practices that we see throughout the book of first Corinthians, all of the gifts and the Mm -hmm. love and, um, how to use that properly, and all of those things just help us understand. Okay, this is who we are. Mm-hmm. This is the people of God, yeah. and we're called to be this, and we're called to be this representation mm-hmm. to our city. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, I'm I major on those things mm-hmm. and focus on those things, and um, yeah, I hope good. I hope others do too.
0: Good, good, yeah. love that. Yes, yeah, so this was a dynamite study, and. Um, I mean it was long, you know. It mm-hmm. took us from in the summer into now. Yeah. Um but I think it deserved that time because yeah. every chapter had just something perfect yeah. for what we were going through and yeah, I and think just it, needed. it was
1: interesting how every chapter just like seemed to
0: mm-hmm.
1: seamlessly fit into something we were going through mm-hmm. right now during the coronavirus yeah. and everything. It just seemed perfect for us to understand this is what God's calling us to. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, cool. Well, um the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about some Advent, yeah. and we actually might have a couple of guests. Um, I was talking to Elsa in April, and they might do an episode, you know, Very just cool. for fun. Yeah, about that'd kids be great. And Christmas and maybe some other ways that families can do some discipleship stuff with mm-hmm. their kids. So, yeah, so it might be a little bit of some couple of change-ups into the Advent Christmas season um, with the podcast. We might not go directly from the Sunday message with that, but we'll see. We're yeah. still in the we're still in the brainstorming of yes. what is this yeah. thing. What is know? this podcast? So but it's been fun so far. I been getting lots of good feedback. So thanks for helping us out with some of your thoughts and stuff. And and I think we also might do into the new year a couple of just like question and answer or question and response yeah. um podcasts that'll just be mm-hmm. straight up like we'll just go through some <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of one-offs. Like, what yeah. about that verse 29 in First Corinthians right. 15? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, that'd be great. Um, just some of those things that um, will just be fun for us to dialogue yeah. on. And stuff, so you're so.
1: wanting people to shoot us some questions. How can they do that?
0: Yeah, um, I guess if they want to do it right now, um, you can just email me. Okay. Um, so it's cooper, C-O-O-P-E-R, at cheneyfaithcenter.org. Um, that'd be the easiest way. And Then I great. can just kind of keep it cataloged and stuff. But we'll probably do a little, like... Text out social media, yeah. blitz into the new year with some of that stuff, yeah. but yeah. But if you have a burning question, even right now, uh, maybe about Advent or Christmas or whatever, like was Jesus born in the spring or in December? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> all those yeah. kind of things. Um, let's talk about them. So, yeah, email it out and all that good stuff, but um, any final things you want to say at all for this episode
1: uh no just uh love first corinthians and if you want to extend that read second corinthians you know real great let follow-up letter that paul wrote that the church is probably at a different place now where they've probably corrected some things Mm -hmm. and they worked through some things but there's still more to work on and more to grow in and more to learn how to live for jesus daily so that's great so Uh, What a great book, and uh, I guess I'll sign off, right? Yeah. All right. Always remember, Jesus loves you very much. So, Kate and I, have a great week. Happy Thanksgiving.